0: Good to see all of you guys. Uh, this is your first time here at Hill City. Uh, my name is John Wagler and I'm part of this team. And what a good start to your morning, isn't it? Um, hearing these guys saying, Can you give it up for the band one more time? I, was <clears throat> I say this all the time about our band, but you know, there's a rotation of people that come in and out and everything. But the heart is always the same, and no matter who is playing, and just the humility and their ability just to engage the. The true heart of worship and, and lead us in that way is such a powerful thing. So um, hey we, uh, we've we been in this series called Embody about what it means to be human uh, since the start of the year and we'll be in it until uh, Easter or through Easter and, uh, and today we have a, a special guest. He's a friend, um, he is a leader uh, in uh, he leads, uh, uh, an organization that's one of our, our dear partners uh, that we work with all the time um, called Erebon. Um, he is core piece to this Richmond community and how it thrives uh, with racial reconciliation, the spread of the gospel, and uh, really thinking through what it means to um, show the city what Jesus is actually like and build this kingdom here. Uh, David Bailey is is also someone who, um, he travels all throughout this country and helping people. And so it is an absolute gift uh, that he is here with us. He's a friend. Um, we are kindred spirits every time we uh, hang out together. I love this man so much. And he's always got the best bow tie and hat on. And uh, no matter when you see him. And so um, but before he comes up here, I, I want to read uh, Psalm 56. Um, that's a verse he's going to be reading through or preaching through this morning. It says this, Be merciful to me, my God for my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long, they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long and in their pride, many are attacking me. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust and I'm not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? All day long, they twist my words and all their schemes are for my ruin. Uh, They conspire, they lurk, they watch my steps, hoping to take my life. Because of their wickedness, do not let them escape. And in your anger, God, bring them nations down. Record my misery, list my tears on your scroll, and are they not uh, in your record? Then my enemies will turn back, and I'll call for help. By this, I will know that God is for me. In God, whose word I praise, in the Lord, whose word I praise. In God, I trust, and I'm not afraid. What can man do to me? I am under vows to you, my God, and I'll present my thank offerings to you. For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Will you guys welcome David as he comes?
1: Well, I'm so glad to be here with you all. And uh, I just uh, want to say thank you all so much for uh, just being ministry partners with us as Arabon, We get a chance to do a lot of stuff in the city and a lot of stuff around the country because of y'all's support and um, partnership with us. And I also just want to give honor to the uh, worship band. Uh, Laura and I graduated from VCU's music school. And so um, I know a good band and a bad band and I preach a lot of places. And it's really bad. We have a bad band, you got to come up and preach. It's just like, well, Praise God that worship happened today, you know. <laughs> but man, y'all were really awesome. Y'all are really blessed. You know, today um, we're going to spend some time focusing in Psalms, um, and part of the reason why um, we're spending some time in Psalms is because you know Wax told me that you know we're spending some time of around the t- topic of embodiment. And what's happened in our uh, uh, Western culture over the last uh, 500 years, There was this thing called the Enlightenment that happened. And I know this might be a little bit of a a history lesson, a little philosophy, but just just give me like 30 seconds just to bear with me that during the 18th century, there was a French Enlightenment philosopher by the name of René uh, Descartes. And, and has anybody heard this phrase? You might not know about Rene Descartes, but you might know about, I think, therefore I am. Has anybody heard that? Yeah. Anybody? Just show of hands. I'm I think, therefore I am. Okay, so, so we've heard of this idea, I think, therefore I am. And in essence, what he was trying to do was try to figure out how do humans flourish? Like what makes a person a human? And in essence, what he said, what really makes a human different than anybody, uh, other type of being, is the fact that we're thinking beings. And it is a gift that we have, the gift of rationality, the ability to be able to think that's different than the ability to just do things within our own instincts. But he thought that true flourishing can happen only by being thinking beings versus being fully embodied beings. And so I would like to spend some time today just looking in the notion and the idea of the soul. And then Wax we'll is next week going to spend some time on the soul also. And, and, and when we talk about the soul, I like David Brooks's definition of the soul. He says, the soul is, there's this piece of us that doesn't have a size, weight, color, or shape, but which has infinite value and dignity. This is the soul. And and, one of the things that I would love for us to spend some time understanding about what does it mean to be fully embodied means that we need to understand that we are people with a soul. Now, I come from a preaching tradition where preaching is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. And so it helps sermons to be a lot shorter. So I just want to encourage y'all accordingly. But uh, just give me a little feedback to know that you're here. So here's the thing the soul has a need to be, belong, and become. Can you say be? be. Belong, belong, and become. Be. The soul has a, a, a need to what? Be, a need to belong, and a need to become. I'd love to like spend a little time and just kind of illustrate this of, of, of how it's important for the, the, the soul to be, belong and become uh, through the story of a guy named David. You know, we oftentimes know David as like King David, this great king of Israel. But before he was a king of Israel, David was a shepherd boy. We actually find David not like in a place where he was large and in charge or a very impressive person. He was the eighth son. And so, you know, in in, in Israel culture, and Jewish culture, ah, whoa, in Jewish culture, the firstborn son was the most important son. If something happened to the firstborn son, then maybe the second one. When you're the eighth son, you're just pretty much trash at that point, Right? (laughs) And so it was so bad that like literally when the priest came to go find somebody to anoint as king, they said, oh, well, it has to be my firstborn son. Oh, oh no, maybe it's my secondborn son. Maybe it's my third. It was like the seventh son. They got to the seventh son. And then and, and, and the priest was like, there has to be the anointed king somewhere around here. And they were like, oh, that's right. There's David that's way back over there out in the shepherd field. And David learned how to be within that space. Now, most of us heard about David through the story of David and Goliath. And so we in the scriptures, we like originally hear about David as a person that is like uh, 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 God anointed as the king, and then there was this showdown with this big giant named Goliath, and and and, and Goliath was this Philistine that was an enemy of Israel, and 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 what he's doing is he's saying that like, hey, I defy the God of Israel, and I and my God is bigger than y'all's God, and so David. Being the shepherd boy, he was actually he was sent by his father to kind of um, um, help his brothers out who were part of the army and just supplied them some food. And and so he he says, hey, what's going on here? Why is what's happening? And, and, and people are like shaking and they're scared. And this young shepherd boy then kind of says, like, hey, you know what? God is bigger than this giant. So. What he does is he takes his skills that he learned being in the uh, 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 shepherd's field and takes a slingshot and defeats this giant. And then he celebrated in in chapter 18. He celebrated and he becomes a, a friend of the royal family. He becomes best friends with this uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the, the king's son, a prince named Jonathan. And he has a ton of vocational success. He's doing God's will and, and he becomes a great military man. They start singing songs about him and, and, and he says this, the this, this song says uh, uh, that people were saying about him that, that David killed 10,000 and Saul killed 1,000. Saul was the king of Israel at the time and, 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 and Saul didn't like that song too much. In the words of a prophet, haters are going to hate, hate, hate. <laughs> and so... <laughs> so... He then gets in the mix where his hater is actually the king of Israel, this insecure public official that then starts to go after David. And he he starts to get a little sly. He gets a little sly. And so what he says is, you know what, David, you're a single man. Good looking man. You're a military man. Here, if you want to uh, 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 marry my daughter, What I'll do is, you know, I'll kind of do like a dowry type of thing. Like, I want you to get me some gifts. And so what he says is, what I want you to do is get 100 uh, foreskins for me of our enemies. And if you get me 100 foreskins of my enemies, um, then I will give you my daughter. And I would just say, you know, I'm I'm about to have my 18th year anniversary. And I'm just so glad my father-in-law didn't ask me to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, Joe, and I'd be married for 18 years if that was the case. But, you know, he didn't just only do 100. He actually did 200. He got 200 foreskins, and that made Saul even more angry. So then Saul gets crazier and crazier. And Jonathan and David, the prince of Israel, actually gets closer and closer as friendships. And then what, what, what Jonathan does is that he says, you know, they, you know they, they get so tight, they're like brothers. They say, hey, my, my father is getting so crazy that he's like, has vowed and is committed to kill you. So then in chapter 20, we see one of The most epic, dramatic departures of two brothers, two friends. I mean, you got to understand how deep this friendship was. This friendship was so deep because David wasn't closer to his natural brothers. His natural brothers thought the worst of him. His natural brothers forgot about him. His natural brothers abandoned him. But Jonathan said, hey, we are so close like brothers. And now we will probably never, ever see each other again. So we see one of the most heartbreaking, dramatic times in Scripture where they know it's the last time they're going to see each other. They depart. And then David finds refuge in the enemy's territory, in the Philistines' land. He goes from defeating Goliath... To, to 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 having songs being sung about him, to to to, to killing uh, uh, um, the enemies, and, and he finds himself in the enemy's camp, and he goes from being a friend, from being a family to being a foe, and he finds himself in in chapter twenty two around a group of people who are distressed, in debt, and discontent. They're distressed, they're in debt, they're discontent. There's this motley crew of people who are rejects from society that he goes from being at the greatest peak to Goliath in the midst of the deepest valley. He goes from being a friend to family to being a foe. And this is in Psalms 56 where we say, Be merciful to me, God. For my enemies are in hot pursuit. All day long they press their attack. My adversaries pursue me all day long. In their pride, many are attacking me. The context of Psalm 56 is a context of betrayal. See, brothers and sisters, I don't know if you are like in the midst of betrayal. Have you experienced betrayal? But if you have not had this yet, at some point in your life, you're going to experience betrayal. This could happen at work. This could happen amongst friends. This could even happen amongst spiritual family. Where, where, where there are people that you, they, they, they said one thing about Jesus and, and they said they, they believe in a certain thing. And all of a sudden when you see them on social media or, or, or when you see them uh, uh, at a time they didn't think you were going to see them, that all of a sudden there's a betrayal that happens. Could be a divorce. This is something that happens within the human experience. And we see that David is honest with God. He says, When I am afraid, I put my trust in you. One of the things that David is teaching us that when we are in the trials of life, when we are in some of these deep, dark valleys, that that what we need to learn how to do for our soul is how to be in the honest reality of where we are with our soul, with our discontent, with our betrayal, with whatever is going on in our hearts. This is something that God is trying to teach us through this song. In verse 3, it says, In God whose word I praise, in God I trust, and I, I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? All day long, they twist my words. All the schemes are for my ruin. They'll conspire, they lurk, they watch me steps, my steps, hoping to take my life because of their wickedness. Do not let them escape. In your anger, God, bring the nations down. So you see that that, that, that David is not afraid to give an unapologetic prayer for justice. He knows that God cares about injustice and he cares not just justice in general. He cares about the injustice that's happening with him. God is, 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 is present to his, 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 his pain. and see, Check this out, this next prayer. He says, record my misery. List my tears on your scrolls. Are they not in your record? See, what David is saying, is he's saying, he's praying a prayer for God to be empathetic. Brothers and sisters, we serve an empathetic God. We serve a God that, that like genuinely cares about the way that you and I feel and, and what is going, going on within the state of our souls. God wants to meet us in our fields. Like, God just doesn't want us to, like, like, like bear down and rationalize all the things and, and dismiss it. Like, God actually wants to be present to that pain. The, the book of Psalms has every bit of emotions that the human can experience. From anger, to betrayal, to sadness, to depression. I mean, there's some things in the book of Psalms that you're like, who allowed this text to go through the editorial review of the Bible. (laughs) I mean, there's some crazy, wild, gnarly stuff in there. Why? Because God wants to be present. Why? Because God wants to create a place of belonging for us with our souls. And we see this in this empathetic God. So he says, record my misery, list my tears on your scroll. Are they not in your record? Like he knew that, that God like knew and understood what was going on. He says, then my enemies will turn back when I call for help. By this, I will know that God is for me. See, you don't get a chance to really understand God The God who has been betrayed, the God who who cares about betrayal, the God that that cares about the the hard things in life until you go through the hard things in life. David understands this. He he understands the God that would help him to belong and to be and God would be precious with him. He says, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I am not afraid. What can man do? Do to me. See, it's in this trial, in this tribulation, that you see that David is making a shift where he is like he he's feeling betrayed, but then he responded of that God cares empathetically for him. But then he's also saying that you know what, as I am in this valley with God. God becomes bigger and the pro- my problems become smaller. You see, David has experienced a type of becoming. He's experienced a type of transformation that is happening. And this is one of the things that I really want to help you to see is that it's in the darkest valley that we can discover the light of God's love. I am under vows to you, my God. I will present my thanks offerings to you. For you have delivered me from death and my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before God in the light of love, life. It's in the light of God's love our souls learn how to be. Our souls learn how to belong, and our souls learn how to become. And I want to encourage you that life is like going around a circle of a mountain. In order to get to a peak, you have to start in the valley. And you might be in a season of a peak now, but then you're eventually going to go down to a valley. And what's important as you do that is not to go through this as a rational being only, but you want to be a fully embodied being that brings the tenderness of your soul to God, that brings the depth of your experience to God. And it's in that you learn how to be you learn how to belong, and you learn how to become. Don't just only do that with God. I want to encourage you to bring God. God is not fragile. God cares every bit about everything that you're dealing with, and God will not reject you from being as honest as you know how to be with God. But then I also want to encourage you to also do this with your Christian community, to learn how to be a soul before the presence of God, Learn how to belong as a soul before the presence of God. And learn how to become what God wants you to be in the presence of God. Let us pray. God, I thank you so much for my brothers and sisters here. I know there's so many folks that are like dealing with really hard and difficult things right now. They're living the psalms right now. I pray, Lord, that you would just help your manifestation of your presence and your love and your light to be present to them, to them in this time. Lord, I pray for those who might be in a peak of a mountain right now. Help them to remember what this time is like, Lord. And that when it's their valley time, that they'll know that you'll meet them there too. Lord, I pray just over this series that you would help us to the various dynamics of what it means to be a human, that you would help us engage with our soul to learn how to love you and love our neighbors as ourselves. That we love you with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. All our very being, our very essence. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. (laughs) Can we thank David?